Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, May 21st, 2020, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Still wrapping up the uh, coronavirus scamdemic and medical tyranny, but uh, <clears throat> we're probably going to be dealing with this for quite some time. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue. MDs are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And there's all kinds of information on that site. All the product lines we talk about, including the Longevity Nutritional Supplements, the CTFO CBD oils, the uh, Stem Enhance Ultra by Cerule, the X39 patch by LifeWave, the Pulsed Electromagnetic Therapy Unit that's talked about under the uh, circulation section of the Trinity of Health tab, and lastly, the coffee I drink, Gano XL. Great stuff. Uh, it's all, all there on the website. Everything has money-back guarantees. Uh, you can try something if you don't like it, which is highly unlikely, but if you don't, you can get a refund, and it all supports the show and uh, helps us keep things on the air and all that good stuff. So try those things out. If you have any questions, you can contact me through the Contact Me button, send an email or call, leave a message. We'll get back with you as quick as possible, usually within a few hours. And I um, also encourage you to check out the Radio Shows tab. At the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And if you scroll down, you see the show information, how to listen to each show and what network it's on and all that kind of stuff. And then at the bottom of the page, there's a link to our Facebook page uh, set up through, or for the show set up through Facebook. Uh, Facebook. And lastly, at the bottom of the page is our chat room. And everybody knows what those are. Uh, but I encourage you to check those things out. And Unplugged's in the chat room. He's uh, definitely a psy-up. <laughs> How about exosome therapy? Oh, that was, uh, I don't know if we were in that chat room for the uh, show two hours ago on TFR. That's what we were talking about back then. Anyway, um, yeah, it looks like it because of the time on there. But anyway, he's in the wrong chat room. <laughs> this chat room is only for the PPN show. I should make a note of that. I uh, probably ought to make a note on the uh, website, too, so to let people know that. But anyway, um, I encourage you to check things out and uh, take advantage of all the offers and all that good stuff. Now, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the People's Patriot Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own due diligence and your own research, so that you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. If you're on Skype, you can use Sarge45ACP. That's S-A-R-G-E. The number's 45 and the letters A-C-P as in Paul. And send a contact request to that address. Mention you're a listener and we'll get you approved. And you'll be able to call in anytime you want in excellent audio quality. Now today, being Thursday... Uh, as we have for the last several weeks, we're going to have Michael Gaddy on, and I'll be calling him in just a second. Let's do that, get the ringy dingies going here. But we're going to be talking about uh, mandatory vaccines and Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> hey, Mike, how's it going? Hi. 
Good, buddy. How about you? I am just peachy keen, groovy, cool, spiffy, slick, and fine as frog's hair parted three ways. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> oh, wow. Woo. But anyway, um, before we get started, let me find that thing. Where did it go? Um, I want to play a clip. It's very, very short of, um, if I can find, oh, there it is. There we go. It's a clip of Alan Dershowitz, so-called a constitutional <laughs> scholar, authority, lawyer, whatnot. And he's on a talk show. I don't know what who the host was or anything, but he kind of surprised the host. And he's talking about mandatory vaccines. So let's listen to this real quick. Here we go. Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease. Even if you disagree, you have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? Did, yeah. No right not to be vaccinated, meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated? Absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccination Where is that in the Constitution? To prevent, if the vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease. If the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that, but you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the Constitution gives the state the power to compel that, and there are cases in the United States Supreme Court. Okay, and I apologize for the low audio on that. I should have turned it up a little bit. But uh, basically, he's saying that uh, you have no right to refuse a vaccine if it's for the prevention of the spread of a disease. Now, if it's just to protect you from the disease, that's one thing. Yet yeah, you can refuse. But if it's for the prevention of the spread of a disease, which no one's ever done that, and that's not why they're ever pre presented, but that's what he's saying is you, they have the right to tie you down and stick a needle in your arm. And he's basically using a old Supreme Court case from 1905, uh, U.S. Supreme Court Jacobson v. Massachusetts, 197 U.S. number 11. And the funny thing is, and this is, I, I want to say this real quick, um, just in perusing the, the case that I've downloaded uh, in Massachusetts, Cambridge came up with a, an uh, ordinance that required people to be vaccinated for smallpox. And... Basically, what they said is you either get vaccinated or you pay a $5 fine. There is nothing about having to get, you know, be forced to take the vaccine uh, if you refuse, but you have to just pay a fine. So that's a totally different situation than what he's saying, where they have a right to take you to the doctor's office and forcefully jab a needle into your arm. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, and I mentioned that as well as... Um, what was the other thing? Uh, <laughs> I guess it was the Supreme Court case. So it was the whole thing, and Mike was saying that it would probably take uh, two two hours to, or two shows to do it. And if we have to, that's fine. We can continue this on next week. I'm sure the topic will still be germane. <laughs> so anyway, um, Mike, welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for being here. Sure, Jim. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> so... Uh, what did you did you have a chance to really look things over closely on that case? Um, am I right in my assumption there that they were basically saying you either get vaccinated or pay a fine? Uh, but you know, if you paid your fine, then that basically bought you out of having to pay the, and get the vaccine. From the sounds of it, um, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, and I don't know what they finally found. But that was my take on the first couple of pages that I read, um, and. It really kind of surprised me, number one, that, you know, this case is still, well, it doesn't really surprise me. You know, the Supreme, you know, everybody acts in Dershowitz also is acting like, you know, if the Supreme Court says it, it's the God's honest truth and the gospel and we have to go by it. You know, and there have been several cases in history where the Supreme Court totally got it wrong. Like during the, uh, the uh, Civil War times when there was a case that went to the Supremes uh, and they ruled that if uh, you had a, a found an escaped slave, you had to return him to his slave owner in the South. Uh, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, you got to send him back. You know, um, so that's totally wrong. 
there was one in the early 1900s where around 1913, 15, something like that, uh, Hollywood produced a movie called The Spirit of 76 that was uh, basically about the revolution and it painted the, the British in a bad way. And at that time, Wilson was trying to get into the First World War with the Brits. And because of that, they went after the uh, studio that produced the movie and issued a fine and stuff. And the Supreme Court says, yeah, you can find them, no problem. There's no, there's no First Amendment for movies. And uh, another one totally got it wrong. But there's been several cases in history that were, where the Supreme Court just had their heads up their backsides, which is not uncommon. And, uh, you know, too many people think, well, if the Supreme Court ruled it, that's it. You know, we have to go by that, which is, you know, it's just an opinion. And we don't have to follow it. And especially when it comes to human rights, uh, you know, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. If somebody comes at me with a needle, I'm going to, you know, redirect a muzzle towards them, and they're going to get a case of lead poisoning if they keep going. So, you know, what, what's your take on all this, Mike? What do you think? Well, number one, uh, Jim, and you touched on it, is the misapplication of the Supreme Court and what it has devolved into being. And unfortunately, this started in 1800 when the Federalists lost control of the Congress and the presidency with Thomas Jefferson when he won the presidency in 1800. Uh, John Adams, who was outgoing uh, defeated president, uh, decided that he would load the federal judiciary with Federalist judges, including the Supreme Court. And he, at that time, the Federalists decided that they would use the courts to over to uh, further their agenda and to overrule anything that Jefferson and his group came up with. And they pretty well accomplished that to a great effect uh, with John Marshall, uh, who was put onto the Supreme Court by Adams in what was called a last minute. Uh, he put him there because he was afraid that Jefferson was going to put uh, Patrick Henry's son-in-law on the Supreme Court. And so the Federalists moved quickly to make that happen. But over the years, the uh, Supreme Court has assumed powers it was never attended, intended to have. And if you go back to the uh, actual debates in the Constitutional Convention itself, and you look at uh, and you understand what was actually done there. And then the other thing that is absolutely that we should look at is the fact that we have, and I've uh, spoken on this several occasions, we have two, two constitutions in this country. We have one that the Supreme Court interprets, and we have the other constitution, which was the constitution as ratified. Now, we have one justice on the Supreme Court and one only who stands by that ratification, and that's Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas says that uh, in several writings that the Constitution uh, is to be interpreted as it was presented to the states for ratification, because when the states asked in the ratification convention, what does this mean, and they were told what it means— then that is the contract they agreed to. And so the Constitution as ratified is to be the Constitution that we actually have. Uh, Jefferson and James Madison, after he did another flip-flop, he also admitted to that. So uh, they both said that. Thomas Jefferson made a very cogent comment when he said that if we depend upon the Supreme Court then this country is ruled by nine politically well-connected lawyers serving for life without any input whatsoever from the people. And therefore, it is we would have an oligarchy instead of a republic. So if people want to embrace an oligarchy and say that the Supreme Court is the final arbiter of what is and what is not constitutional, uh, then they are, uh, to me, completely and totally out of bounds. Uh, Andrew Jackson once told John Marshall on a decision that he made as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, as President Andrew Johnson said, well, Mr. Uh, Chief Justice, that's your opinion. Let's see you enforce it. Yeah. 
So yeah. that is basically America has been gradually in this tide. We have been brought to a point to where the people believe that the Supreme Court decides everything. And during the course of the Supreme Court's history, Jim, they have reversed themselves 327 times. So, and I attended an Arkansas Bar Association meeting, and I asked some of the prominent people there, many of whom were judges. I asked the question, this was in May of 2017, so it's about three years ago. And I asked the question, uh, if the Supreme Court reverses itself, which ruling is constitutional? And I had a judge ask me, uh, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, let's go back to the, the su Supreme Court decision you mentioned, Jim, which would be uh, uh, Sanford. Uh, oh, man, I'm trying to think of the title now. Uh, anyway, it's the slavery decision. Dred Scott, Stanford v. Dred Scott. So I said in that decision, the Supreme Court said that slavery was constitutional. Now, by the Constitution, the Supreme Court cannot go back and reverse that opinion because they have ruled something constitutional. And Article 5 of the Constitution says if you, uh, if you change the Constitution, it must go through an amendment process. So uh, Dred Scott v. Stanford was overturned with the 13th Amendment. And we also have the example of, I believe it's the 18th Amendment, uh, where we uh, outlawed alcohol in this country, and then it took a constitutional amendment to change that. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court, in technicality, cannot reverse themselves, although they've done it 327 times. So if they make a decision that something is constitutional, only the people can reverse that with an amendment. So the, the Supreme Court is so far outside of its... Uh, intended purpose, and it is now a ruling oligarchy in this country. And that is just shameful, is the fact that the Americans tolerate that. And the one thing that the Supreme Court cannot do is the Supreme Court cannot make a ruling that overrides your natural God-granted rights. Mm -hmm. exactly. Because to do so uh, if, if the people who claim that they can, then they aren't paying any attention whatsoever to the First Commandment. Right. And the uh, the courts and the government themselves have extended uh, their powers, uh, which Thomas Jefferson predicted. He said that the judicial branch will be a branch which is made up of miners and sappers, which will continuously, day and night, tear at the fabric of the Constitution and undermine the fabric of the Constitution. And he's exactly right, because that's exactly what happened. Right. Um, Dershowitz, uh, Alan Dershowitz, and I'll be kind, is an idiot. Uh, he is a Marxist. He is a full-blown Marxist. If you look at the professors, and he's the youngest professor ever at, Har at Harvard University uh, Law School, and he was a professor there at the age of 28, which means he became a law professor with very little... Uh, legal practice whatsoever, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, leads one to say, well, how did this happen? Yeah. Uh, so he is, yeah. he was teaching law at 28 at Harvard. And most law schools today, Jim, are bastions of Marxism. Right. And if you look at most of the uh, right. law school deans, you will see that they are basically professing socialists. So uh, our judicial system is wrecked. And for people to say, okay, well, we've got to do this because the Supreme Court said so, uh, that is a dreadful mistake. Mm -hmm. And the decision in Massachusetts was one to where the gentleman was given the option of paying a $5 fine, and his convictions were so strong, rather than simply pay the $5 fine, right. he took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And I believe the Supreme Court ruled incorrectly. Uh, in that case, but maybe they made their decision based on that opt-out clause, but I promise you, if the states and the federal government come at us with a mandatory vaccine, there will be no opt-out for $5 clause, and they will revert to, I promise.
their uh, position that it is there, and they can uh, do it as they so desire. Um, you know, and you mentioned, you know, being a socialist, you know, the uh, with most of the, 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 the case, you know, the courts, the schools, uh, Dershowitz, and that's one of the things I noticed throughout this, uh, you know, as I was reading this opinion, um, every person is necessarily subject for the common good, safety, health, peace, good order, and morals of the community. Everything in this, this decision was all, you know, you know, that the individual has to stand down and it's, you know, for the common good, the greater, the greater good and all that kind of stuff, which is right out of, you know, Karl Marx. Um, and, as I understand it, the, the writings of the founders, um, the all the do- even the Federalist Papers, were more the rights of the individual were what was paramount. Isn't that correct? Pretty much. Well, actually, Jim, I differ with the Federalist Papers. The Federalist Papers oh, yeah. were an advertising marketing scheme to get the people to adopt a constitution they never should have ratified. Well, yeah, I understand and, that, but what uh, I'm saying is you, even uh, in the Federalist Papers, though, they were promoting that, the uh, The Federalists... Yeah, that was what I was getting. I know the, the Federalists were giving us... Were <laughs> Go ahead, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, what I was saying, you know, the, the Anti-Federalist Papers were much more on our line of thinking, but even the Federalist Papers were still talking about the individual rights as opposed to the common good. Isn't that the case? You know, granted, they're not the greatest. Well, uh, James, James Madison and Alexander Hamilton stated that in the Federalist Papers, but that is 180 degrees different from what they said during the Constitutional Convention. James <laughs> Madison, in a letter to Edmund Randolph and letters to George Washington, said he wanted to eliminate any power whatsoever of the states to the point to where they were subordinately useful. And he, uh, the vote was unanimous to give the uh, federal government uh, control and power over the states. And uh, the people thought they got that back with the Tenth Amendment. But if you really read the wording of the Tenth Amendment, uh, the uh, clause that was added at the end or the words that were added at the end by Governor Morris and supported by James Madison neutered the Tenth Amendment. Okay. Um, real quick, we've got a caller, 810 area code, uh, see what they've got to say. Hopefully it won't get us too far off. <laughs> caller, go ahead. Hey, Jim, what's up? Okay, how you doing? Hey, good. Hey, first time caller. Been, uh, been listening. And um, I was listening to, uh, what's that other guy's name that's on the other end? Mike. Oh. Mike Gaddy. Uh, okay. Um, who... Some, I, I heard somebody on the show say slavery is unconstitutional. Is, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> what he no, said was in the that Supreme room. Court ruled that slavery was constitutional. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely constitutional. Unvoluntarily, involuntary slavery is unconstitutional. Okay. Because I was just going to say, you know, because I went to, uh, when you go to court and the judge just barks out all these orders at you, you've got to do this and you've got to do that, and I want you to hear and I want you to do that. Those are all orders. And if you don't send a bill to the judge or to the man acting as a judge, you're a slave. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows how to send a bill to the 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 man sitting up there in the in the black robe, how to send him a bill? How to send a bill to his accountant? That was just that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, with all due respect, that sounds more like a a, a, a comment or a call for Roger's show that precedes this one. Because um, you know, I understand what you're getting at, but we're trying to really stick towards the the topic today, which is the constitutionality of these uh, un. Uh, you know, mandatory yeah. vaccines and things like that. But yeah, I, I yeah, see where you're coming from. But you ought to have, if you haven't, you ought to call into Roger's show too. Um, he's that's pretty much what they kind of kind of thing they cover. <laughs> but uh, but I, I do appreciate this, you calling. Just like um, yeah, they they want to. The Supreme Court. This is the thing nobody 
the Supreme Court is the lowest court in the land. Nobody knows what is the highest court in the land. And they all think these judges up there in the Supreme Court are like these kings that, you know, we got to bow to, and it's not true. I don't have a they, – they issue rulings. I don't have a ruler over me. I don't know who accepts to have a ruler over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, it's when they opinion. issue rulings, okay, this is Supreme Court ruling X, Y, Z. You have to do it. This is the problem I'm having. I don't have a ruler over me. Yep. They and want again, to you, know, some, you need to tune into Roger's show want... if you haven't. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're getting into a whole different area than what we're going to cover today. So I, I appreciate the ideas and stuff, but I want to I want to stick it to you know, completely to the situation that we're dealing with with these vaccines and things. And what exactly. If, if the Supreme Court ruled that you have to be vaccinated, and let's just say they, they say, yeah, it's mandatory, you have to take a vaccine. How are you going to fight that? I won't do it. Simple, flat out. And I know lots and lots oh. of other people won't either. And basically, when they do oh. something like that, it's going to lead to bloodshed. There's no question. And heaven help them if they uh, make more, such a stupid thing. More people are going to come at your door to take you down. There, That's it okay. It takes 100 people to come get you. They'll send 100 people. That's okay. You've got to fight them with paper and ink. They come at you with paper and ink, you've got to go after them with paper and ink. Okay. If they want to inject their property into my property, there's going to be a bill, $1 billion. Let's just start at one $500 million. Okay. Yeah. Call into Roger's show with that. I think you'll find it'll be a much more interesting conversation because it's, it's getting off topic here today. That's the problem. And like I said, I don't mind normally, but when I have Rod and when I have a guest on, I want to stick with the topics that we're, we're talking about. And uh, while it may be somewhat related, it's still kind of off topic. But uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Um, let's see here. Whoops. Where'd it go? Here we are. Um, so, uh, between Dershowitz and his statement <laughs> and, you know, of course now there's a bunch of people out there that are freaking out because last week in the Rose Garden, Trump mentioned that he's going to be activating the military to help with the, uh, administration of the vaccines. And of course, immediately all these people, you know, conspiracy theorists, whatever, start thinking that, oh no, he's making it mandatory and the, the military is going to be coming to our doors. And that's not what he said. You know, basically even said in the same thing a little bit later, it says, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that want it, but there'll be a lot of people that don't want it too, and they don't have to get it. But, you know, basically this is a logistical thing where only the military has the, the necessary capabilities to, you know, give 300 million vaccinations. And it wouldn't surprise me if there are that many people in this country stupid enough to accept them. But... You know, they did this when I was a kid in the 60s. Uh, the military set up tents in the town I was in, and anybody that wanted the smallpox vaccine or whatever it was they were pushing, uh, everybody lined up. And I know at one time it was uh, they had the polio thing. They were giving out the little sugar cubes, and people would line up and get it. You know, and if you didn't go, they weren't coming to your door to give it to you. But it was a logistical situation that the military is well-suited for. And uh, so many people now are getting their you know, getting all out of joint, you know, on my show this morning, one of the guys did a thing. He said, well, I just searched you to fake, you know, whatever. And it was 4.2 million hits of saying that, you know, Trump is ordering mandatory vaccines. And I said, well, 4.2 4. million posters are wrong, <laughs> you know, because that's not what he's doing. Um, and I honestly don't believe that Trump is in favor of mandatory vaccinations. He's going along with his garbage as much as he has to, um, but I'm hoping sooner or later he's just going to fire Fauci and Burks and, uh, you know, get back to just getting people open back up again. But anyway, um, the, you know, Massachusetts case, obviously, you know, it was one of those things where it was get a vaccine or pay a fine. And the guy disagreed with doing either. And, uh, you know, the thing was, is he was... Uh, uh, alleging stuff about the preamble of the, of the Constitution, which really isn't the Constitution. It's just a leading document, and that was a mistake that he made. 
and some of the other things. I don't know what else they were you put in there because the court just you know you know discounted them completely. But uh, in my situation, I would be Fourth Amendment, First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, um, and those kind of things using much more cogent arguments. I think. Then I don't know if he did it or if his attorney did it or what, but it sounds like the case that he presented was pretty weak to start with. Uh, would you agree with that, Mike? Well, the preamble to the Constitution has been ruled in all 50 states to be a declaration of intent, and it carries no legal weight right. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're familiar with history, you know that the, the preamble to the Constitution was never agreed on by the uh, the Committee of the Whole mm -hmm. at the Constitutional Convention, and, and the preamble that was submitted to the Committee of Style was completely altered by Gouverneur Morris. Uh, but also, one of the things that I think is critical, even if we look at that and we look at the common good, we look at all of those things, uh, or the general welfare, mm -hmm. uh, we have to look mm -hmm. at how the general welfare was discussed in those days to have a cogent argument. Right. And the general welfare clause, as was discussed in the Articles of Confederation, where it first appeared, uh, was simply that to meet the uh, commitment or to meet the boundaries of the uh, general welfare, that it could benefit no one over anyone else, nor could it hurt anyone more than anyone else. So that was the definition of the general welfare. In other words, whatever was imposed could not hurt or harm anyone. And, of course, uh, the, nothing of what's been going on now would meet the general welfare uh, strict definition as the Articles of Confederation uh, proposed and as it was discussed as uh, John Dickinson wrote it into the Articles of Confederation. Exactly. <laughs> so basically they're, they're just you know, totally going off half-cocked, uh, which is not uncommon. And well, Jim, it's pretty easy to do when you have an ignorant populace, mm -hmm. uh, when you have people who uh, haven't even read the Constitution, uh, which uh, basically is useless if you don't know what came about creating those various that various wording and what have you. Uh, Luther Martin, uh, the attorney general for the state of Maryland, uh, wrote uh, what was Article six. Uh, clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution, which is referred to as the Supremacy Clause. And he basically wrote that. And when you look at what he presented to the Maryland legislature, and you look at what the uh, Committee of Style and how they changed that article, it's remarkable, again, because it wasn't discussed in the Committee of the Whole at the Constitutional Convention. But uh, Luther Martin's projection for the original Supreme Court would have been, ironically, and he hit it perfect, in my opinion, he said that every Supreme Court case would have a jury. Therefore, it would be the people who made the decision and not nine oligarchs in, in black costumes. Boy, that would have been nice. So he had it in my opinion, exactly right. I am of the opinion today's world that if the Supreme Court issues a decision, it, uh, let's make it whatever it is and say it's amending the Constitution and simply say that any Supreme Court uh, decision or opinion must be ratified by two-thirds of the state to stand. And we know for sure that had that happened with the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, that never would have occurred because there were 35 states that had lawsuits at the time preventing Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So if we it, basically if we follow the Constitution as it's written or as it's ratified, and we say that the Supreme Court can make a ruling like Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade they made out of nothing. They created that out of whole cloth. Right. Any decision such as that which adds to or detracts from the Constitution should have to be ratified by two-thirds of the states, according to Article 5. But because we have an ignorant population, they're easily ruled, and uh, they, and I found over my 30 years of teaching that they, that a great majority of them really get mad at you when you point out the truth. Mm -hmm. 
you know, nobody likes being told they're stupid. <laughs> Even though it's true most of the time. <laughs> oh, man. That's just like Mark Twain, I think it was, said, you know, it's easier to fool people than to tell them they've been fooled. And uh, that's what we're seeing now. And again, I constantly am going back to the public fool system where people are not being educated. They're being indoctrinated. They're being brainwashed. They're being programmed into being good, you know, minions, followers, worker bees, uh, not people able to rationally and critically analyze things and think about them. And um, that becomes a real problem in the situation when you've got evil people running things and the the people that they're running are too ignorant to to know what's going on and what's being done to them. You know, they're, you know, I, I keep liking it to the fact that six months ago, if you'd asked the general person out there wearing a face mask do you believe the mainstream media and most of them would say absolutely not but now there's something like this comes along and they're immediately glued to the same media that they didn't trust six months ago and they're believing every single thing they say right up into including you know give up your rights you know stay in your house don't come out and you know people are easy to control that way when they're scared and you know this group you know is just unbelievable now the number of people that you see out there, you know, last week, Fauci and Burks were standing in the Rose Garden behind Trump in, you know, fresh air in the outside wearing face masks. Now, either they're too stupid to realize that that's not the thing they should have been doing, or they were purposely engaging in a programming campaign, making think everybody watching them that if oh, even if you're outside, you should wear a face mask. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we have to deal with today because people are so ignorant and so dumbed down. And unable to, you know, connect the dots, basically. Uh, it's, it's really sad. But, you know, especially when you've got so-called legal scholars, one of whom was just, you know, on the, the President Trump's, you know, defense team for the, you know, impeachment. And he was, you know, lauded as such a great legal mind. And he just ate the Democrats for lunch and everything, which, you know, I think anybody right out of law school, if they knew what they were doing, could do that. But... <clears throat> You know, to have that same guy now sit there, come out on TV saying, oh, you have no right to not accept a vaccine. So what's people going to happen? They're just going to roll up their sleeves. I guess I don't have any rights to, you know. And what on earth are people thinking? You know, it's common sense. You know, it's it's a, a, a vaccination is a medical procedure. And you have a right to full disclosure of all the, you know, the pros and cons before yeah. you take a medical procedure. But not in this case, you know, on one, one hand, you got the, the abortion crowd saying my body, my choice. But if somebody says my body, my choice here with vaccines or face masks and they're looked down upon. So it's definitely double standards. You know, you got to be on the side of the intelligentsia or you're screwed. Well, Jim, uh, you and I both uh, know and I uh, actually use that phrase about 20 20 some years ago in an article about the public fool system. Yeah. And I asked a friend yeah. uh, yesterday on the, uh, on the phone, we were talking and I said, if you have a public fool system, what will that system produce? <laughs> fools. Exactly. So uh, we have that plus, you know, Jim, I go back continually in these, uh, such discussions to Hosea four six, my people are destroyed exactly. for a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. and they have rejected knowledge. Exactly. So I don't know how we can get any plainer than that. That uh, and the technicalities of the Constitution, and for for people to sit at home uh, on their backsides and listen to someone like Alan Dershowitz as a as an expert uh what qualifies him as an expert uh other than the government that he represents so and again we go back to that same thing i've got a phrase i use it quite often and i uh, i've written about it and i said ignorance wouldn't be so bad if the people weren't so damn proud of it (laughs) yeah that's for sure or like the great philosopher Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. You know, it's it's a it's it's a well, shame. 
you know, we we should be able to fix ignorance, and uh, because ignorance is just not knowing, but being proud of not knowing and being mm-hmm. proud of embracing a lie. Yeah. And of course, we go back yeah. in history to Emma Goldman, and she was called Red Emma, uh, and was considered to be a socialist. But what she said was exactly true. She said, Americans do not want to be free. They want to be comfortable. Yep. And the people wearing these masks and uh, all of this stuff are comfortable in their minds because they are good little sheep. Mm-hmm. And someone told them <laughs> that they need that. And so that is what they're doing. Yeah. You know, the, the mask thing was a big psyop. You know, at the beginning, they were saying nobody should be wearing masks except the first responders and healthcare care providers because they need them. But you people out there walking around in public, you don't need a face mask. And it was just it was a psyop, just like a wet paint sign. You know, you see that sign. What's what's the first thing you want to do? You want to touch it and see if it's wet. And that's what was going on. They just played this thing along and kept telling these people, no, we need them, but you don't need them. We need them. But you don't need them. And they're sitting there saying, well, if it's good for them, why isn't it good for me? I want to wear a mask, too. And after so long, they say, okay, there's enough idiots out there that have bought into the thing. Now we'll make it mandatory, and we'll just jump right on board, which is what's happened. And nobody's thinking, like, well, you know, if we didn't need a mask three months ago when it was the height of this thing, why do we need a mask now when it's going away? You know? And they can't do simple mental math like that. It's insane. And, uh, you know, you look at the number of people out there. I went to Costco last week and flashed my little sign along with my uh, card that said I, I don't have to wear a mask because I've got a condition that prohibits it. And they let me right in. I was the only person in Costco not wearing a mask. You know, I would have loved to seen everybody in Costco not wearing them, <laughs> including the employees, because I feel bad for, for employees now because they're mandated. You must wear a mask. And most, I only know one person, a friend of mine, who's fighting it. He works for FedEx, and he's having issues with them. But he's not wearing a mask, and they don't know what to do with him at this point. <laughs> they're just, I think they're basically ignoring him and hoping he goes away kind of a thing. Um, but so many of these people that just willingly do this stuff because it's just like the vaccine crowd. They're told by the talking heads that vaccines are safe and effective and all this stuff, and until one of their children is injured from it, they will not only go along with it, but they'll attack anybody who goes otherwise because they're on the winning side, by golly, and they need to be self-appointed vigilantes to make sure everybody else comes along with them. And we're seeing we're going to see the same thing with face masks. We already have in some cases, but um, there are so many stupid people out there. I, a friend of mine was uh, accosted by a woman at a grocery store because she was wearing a mask and he wasn't. I'm wearing one for your protection. I said, well, if you're wearing it for my protection, you have my permission to take it off. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he handled it in a very tactful, tactical manner, or tactile or whatever, tactful. I don't think I would have been anywhere near as uh, good. <laughs> I told her to go pound sand. But, uh, you know, it's just amazing how people are so easily led down the primrose path because they're, they're not educated. They're indoctrinated. And... Uh, it just it it just makes me worried about the his you know the the what we have to look forward to in the in the future, you know how is this country going to continue on when it's nothing but sheeple, and you know it's like you know I don't know if I want to be around for the the next fifty years I can physically but I don't know if I want to because you know we are treading down the wrong path that is unless some really big changes happen. I just don't want to see what the United States is going to look like in another 20 or 30 years. It's going to be nothing like it is now. You know, they're just what we're seeing right at this point. Everybody says, well, we're going to open up and go back to normal. <laughs> if you believe that, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd like to talk to you about. Because uh, I think we're going to be seeing more and more and more of the same kind of thing. They'll come up with more excuses to keep locking down or you know, they'll they'll let it go for a little bit and then all of a sudden something will happen that they've drummed up uh they're already talking about some kind of condition that's now affecting children you know heart problems and other stuff related to the covid that you know it's just a matter of time they'll find another excuse oh we can't open the schools yet we can't do this we can't do that that it's this is going to be the gift that never it keeps on giving 
because it's a it's something you can't see and they're just using it as a like i said they've hit the the sweet spot in our gullibility um you can't see it and now the big the brilliant part is it's not just you've got to stay in to keep you from getting sick but now oh you can have it and not even know it and be spreading it to other people which is bs but everybody believes it and that's the excuse now we have to vaccinate you to prevent the spread to others which is absolute horse crap but you know all these people are going to be pushing it on the TV, so everybody's going to believe it. So how do we how do we get around that? That's the big question. Well, Jim, one of the coolest stories I heard about this, and I can't verify it to be true, but uh, I heard the story related, and I do know that the facts used were correct. Of uh, one gentleman uh, was entering a place of business. And they told him he was required to wear a mask. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that because state law, blah, 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 says that I cannot wear a mask and have a gun at the same time. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, I wonder what state that was. <laughs> I don't think we have that in Ohio, but it would be interesting. Allegedly, allegedly, it was Arkansas, and Arkansas is an is a uh, constitutional. I hate that phrase. Yeah. But it is a constitutional carry state. You don't have to have a permit to carry either concealed or open. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a uh, ordinance that says that you can't wear a gun and a mask at the same time. That's interesting. Interesting. That's a good one. I like that. You know, I I just like my little thing that I made up that it, it falls on the Americans with Disabilities Act that they've got a provision that if you're if you've got a condition that prohibits you from wearing a face mask, then you know no one is able to prohibit you or deny you services or access to something because of that. And on top of that, the HIPAA laws prohibit anyone from asking you or for, uh, requiring you to disclose what your condition is. So basically, this is our one chance to use federal law in our favor and say, uh, I, can't, I don't have to wear one because federal law says I don't, and you're not allowed to ask me what the thing is. you just got to take my word for it. And uh, that's what these little cards that I have made up, I've been giving them out to people at church left and right, print them out and laminate them and just carry them in your pocket, and it has all the stuff on there, um, and it works every place I've tried it so far. I'm wanting to go to Menards, which is a big home improvement place. Those are they're a bunch of Nazis, and I've heard stories of them being you know refusing entry to people that have conditions, uh, even you know age discrimination. If you're under 16, they won't let you in the store, and if you've got a service dog, which is another ADA violation, they won't let you in, um, and they don't care. So hopefully somebody will file a, a complaint and you know, zap them, start hitting them financially, but. Um, most places are are not that bad. You know, if you someone you say, "Look, I've got a health condition says I can't wear one." Okay, come on in. You know. But uh I like the the mask and gun thing. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, Jim, I also uh this has uh, kind of hit me kind of funny have uh did you see the movie by any chance V for Vendetta? Yeah, I've watched it several times. I love it. <laughs> well, what would happen if we all got that mask? Exactly. You know, when I was, uh, I've done a couple of live remote shows down at the Ohio State House uh, in, the, in the recent past where people have been down there, uh, you know, protesting. And I see a lot of those masks. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, so a lot of people are getting that idea. I've thought about looking into that. It'd be kind of fun. Uh, especially since it's got the place, you know, holes for your eyes and for your nose so you can breathe. <laughs> Wear that face mask. It covers your mouth and nose, <laughs> sort of. But uh, I think it would be right. kind of fun to wear one of those in a grocery store. That would be neat. But uh, I have seen them at well, the protests. Well, I would like to see, I'd like to see two or 300 people go into a grocery store with the, all wearing that and see what the reaction yeah, would be. Definitely. And the black capes to go with it. You know, dress up fully. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, man. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where people are just so goofy. You know, I I can't I can't believe how you know. Like I said, it used to be you know when I go in the grocery store, most of the people weren't wearing masks. Now it's easier to count the ones that are not wearing than than are. Uh, as time has gone on, people have just ooh got to wear a mask. And most of them are wearing them outside. They're wearing them in their cars, which is insane. Um, and they're just clueless. They're oblivious to the fact that those things are hazardous to their health. And that's that's one of the things I've been doing research on masks. And I cannot find a single th- article anywhere, a research uh, study, that shows that face masks do anything good. Uh, even for surgeries, which is really interesting. All the all the articles and studies I've found saying that they're they're basically bad and nobody should be wearing them for the most part, um, and yet you have these idiots like Fauci and Burks and all these others that are saying, "Oh, you got to wear a mask, got to wear a mask, got to wear a mask," and you know the funny thing is is how they keep changing. You know, one minute, oh nope, don't need a mask, don't want to wear a mask, not good for you, and then everybody needs to wear them, and we have to socially dis- socialist distancing, I call it. Um, another thing that is not proven to work. And that's that's one of the, the really annoying things, is all of these things they're bringing out, they're acting like it's fact. You know, vaccines are safe and effective. Vaccines will protect you. Vaccines will stop the spread. There's no proof whatsoever that that's the case. But they say these things, and the, you know, the powers that be, the generally dumb public, everybody just takes it as as fact when it's not and then someone that comes along and questions it, show me the proof that vaccines are safe and effective show me the proof that this thing won't kill me uh well you can't do that and they look at you like you got three eyes just for asking cogent you know realistic questions and people can't deal with that they want you know it's, it's back to the they want to be comfortable you know, any somebody asking questions that goes against the standard beliefs, especially if they're they're holding those beliefs, um, they're not comfortable anymore. So that makes them mad, and they strike out at the person that's making them uncomfortable. <sighs> you know, beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. Yeah, that's what I would feel like saying. It's crazy. But well, Jim, I have a real fear here. Mm-hmm. And that is if I am a country that the United States has perpetrated a war based on lies against, and my people have been killed and harmed and what have you, or if I am just a country that wishes to dominate and control the resources of the United States. What a great window of opportunity we have provided for them. Produce something and send it over and create a scare tactic and story. Who knows what's going to happen? Thank goodness there's some countries out there that are actually, you know, in Zimbabwe, or uh, what is it, Tanzania and uh, Madagascar. Tanzania, the president there, who's a doctor, decided he was going to test the tests. And he did samples of a bird, a, a goat, uh, engine oil from a car, uh, a fruit, and sent all these things to the lab, you know, not telling them, and just letting them think it was a sample from a human, and they all tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> so that should tell you something. And then the, in Madagascar, they've got a natural uh, plant that they brew into like a tea or something. They bottle, and they're calling it COVID Organics. And they've only had like 170-some cases in Madagascar, and 105 of them were totally cured within 10 days just by giving them this elixir, whatever it is it is from this plant. Nothing else, no medications, no nothing, just giving them this stuff. And they're all cured, everything's back to normal for them. So over, you know, probably 60 70% so far have been cured using just this, you know, this tea or whatever. And, of course, the World Health Organization and all these other companies are out there, you know, the drug companies in this, you know, France and whatnot. Oh, yeah, there might be side effects and we, we need to have uh, randomized studies and all this other garbage. And he says, you know, well, what about these uh, France who's 
pushing all these drugs that have absolutely no uh, proof that they work, and they're actually showing they're hurting people. So the, the, at least these guys are, you know, thinking on their feet. They're they're realizing that uh, they've got the truth on their side, and they're going after some of these bozos and showing them for what they are. You know, we've got China creating test kits, and they come over and they test the test, and they're prone to have the virus in them already, or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, and then the thing that made me nervous last week when Trump was doing his Rose Garden thing is one of these uh, people asking questions. Well, uh, if China comes up with a, vi- uh, with a vaccine, are we going to use it? And unfortunately, Trump said, probably. I said, Shh. I wouldn't take nothing from China at this point. <laughs> you know, they gave us a disease and you're expecting them to give us a clean vaccine that's going to work? Come on. Even Trump should know better than that. And he probably wanted to say no. He just knew he'd be vilified even more if he did. Oh, he's being racist. <laughs> you know, I could see it. CNN would be all over that. But you're right. Um, there's so many different things going on now that, you know, we're basically setting ourselves up for issues if we don't play our cards right and we just have to stand strong and you know we're we're down to like two and a half minutes so i'm gonna let you roll i think the thing we have uh, really learned here jim is that the true proponents of freedom the people who really understand and we go back to thomas jefferson who said the law is often nothing but the tyrant's will and always so when it violates the rights of an individual. Uh, If you look at the founders that we want to call them, if you want to look at the founders who truly stood for liberty, and unfortunately, uh, many more of our founders stood for oppression than stood for liberty, but the ones who really stood for liberty, uh, Luther Martin, uh, Patrick Henry, uh, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Albert Gallatin, Look at those people, look at what they had to say about uh, freedom and liberty and read it. And those are the people we should embrace and not the people who wanted to oppress the people and said that they had the right to uh, impose their imperial dignity and coerce the people because they weren't smart enough to know what to do for themselves. But unfortunately, the Federalists have won and the Anti-Federalists lost uh, all you have to do is walk in uh, Costco or Walmart to see that. Exactly. It's it's a shame, you know. And uh, even today, you know, you talk to people; they've heard of the Federalist Papers, but ninety nine out of a hundred people I've asked have never heard that, never knew there was anything t- called the Anti Federalist Papers. <laughs> and I said that's that sells you something well, right there. It was intentional. Yeah. Because virtually every law school, they may mention them, they don't have it as required reading, uh, but they only talk about the Federalist Papers. They want the, you know, the Federalist control. They want the strong central government instead of a, uh, you know, close government, close, you know, best, strongest government closest to home. And uh, the federal government should be kept held within Article 1, Section 8, I think it is, that gives the listing of their authorities which you know virtually every act in congress now is unconstitutional um it's and people don't have a clue they just you know are absolutely numb and don't want to know that's the sad part you try and educate somebody talk to them about it ask them questions and they don't they want to change the subject quicker than anything you know (laughs) is it's it's un it's just sad but we're out of time and uh, I wanted to make sure we get your websites in. Um, and uh, the rebelmadman.com. Rebelmadman.com. And uh, I keep forgetting the other one. What's the other one that you and uh, uh, Daryl have? You must have forgot it, too. <laughs> anyway, um, they're both linked on my website. Go to yourdiyhealth.com, click the links page, and scroll down. You'll find both of Mike's pages there. I apologize. I should have had them ready to go. Uh, but anyway, we will be back tomorrow. Take care and God bless for next week. See you soon. Bye-bye.